everyone, my name is Sara and welcome in with the second episode of Icelandings cast. Uh, I'm here for you as a foreigner to foreigners and uh, today we are going to continue talking with our host, uh, Rebecca Kristin Gardasdottir. There was also for our host, my host in the first episode of the podcast. We talked about how to start your own business in Iceland, what everything you need to do, what types of companies do we have in Iceland. Uh, and uh, yeah, what you need to think regarding your business plan. The second episode of the podcast is going to be about how to finance your business, how to find the finances or grants and how to apply for the grants. And Rebecca works uh, for Association uh, of Municipalities in the North East Iceland called SSNE. And welcome Rebecca again. Thank you. Please introduce yourself a little bit and also the association SSNE you work for. Sure, no problem. Um, thank you for having me uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> I am a project manager at SSNE and this association is uh, works across all of northeast Iceland from Siglufjordur in the north to Bakkafjordur in the east. And we are the center point of regional development. What that means is that we dedicate ourselves to promoting um, and supporting lively communities. Uh, we support vibrant cultural scenes and we facilitate strong economic activity in the area. Uh, our key projects, or one of the key projects, um, is to oversee and manage uh, a public fund called Uppikinga Shoder. Um, which is a fund of about 75 to 80 million Icelandic kroner a year, where people can apply for grants uh, to fund their projects. And those projects could be for business development, for culture or for environmental projects. Mm. That's a nice money. Hands up, everybody who ever saw 80 million kroners. <laughs> I didn't, so my hands is not going up. <laughs> Well, it goes to a lot of different projects. There's, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's anywhere between uh, 60 to 90 projects each year that get a grant. Average size of a grant is about 800 to 900,000. Um, some of them, well, the biggest ones are up to 5 million mm -hmm. krona. And the smallest ones are 250,000, 300,000. Yeah, that's still a good, nice money, I would say, for somebody. Sure. Uh, as a just... Yeah, we are going to talk about, uh, in the podcast Icelandic cast, we are going to talk about the finances today. And once you already mentioned that you, as the co as association SSNE, helping people to get the grants, I'm just going to ask straight at the beginning, are there any other uh, possibilities how to get finances or grants in Iceland? Yes, there are a lot of them, actually. Um, and not all of them come through us, but one of the roles that SSNE has, um, or the um, consultants at SSNE, is to help people figure out what grants are available to me. Mm -hmm. And that will depend on who you are, what type of company you have, or what type of idea you have, in what sector, or um, what type of... Um, yeah, what, what, what is your idea about? And then we help you figure out what grants are available to you, when are they open for applications, mm -hmm. and then we'll help you prepare for the application writing. Okay. Uh, overall, what, what types of financing are available in Iceland? 
you can have your pocket in the mo- money in the pocket and be saving under your pillow or you know how to how people usually get the finances or like where from the people usually get the finances on their own or just like some kind of help um so there it's not necessarily specific for iceland just in general when you've got a new business idea um you can tap into your own pocket or your or other people's pockets um by own pockets i mean exactly what you said your uh savings um your own capital basically um you might have stuff you can sell or if you've got a property you can remortgage it um and then there are other people's money uh where you can either That's the funniest part <laughs> <laughs> yeah th- so these are these would be fundings um through either loans or grants so either money you have to give back to the people that give it to you or uh grants where you don't have to pay anything back uh these could be personal loans so you can get a loan from the from the bank you can get a loan from your friends or family mm-hmm. uh or in other investors um you can get overdrafts um and then there are a number of peer to peer loan uh options as well bigastopnen is one in iceland that offers this um so those are non bank financing options uh you can attract investment from investors mm-hmm. um or venture capitalists that see the business opportunity in your idea and then there are the types of money that you can get that you don't have to give back and those would be the public funds or grants um is it really sorry is it really so like you you get a grant and you don't need to give it back it's just the money you have or is there something con to it <laughs> uh not really as in you need to uh apply for it and you have to state what it is that you're going to do with the money what are what are people giving you a grant for and why is it important and then if they select your project then there is depending on the t- type of fund or d- the the different uh funds you've applied for they all have their own rules and regulations mm-hmm. as to how they should handle that money and uh for at least and I'm talking specific for the funds that we have direct um uh involvement in like Öping Gashoder um we we make a contract with you so where it says that we're going to give you we've granted you x amount of money and that you are uh committed to basically seeing through the project that you requested the funds for and then you oftentimes get a part of the money up front as soon as you sign the contract you get part of the money and then uh, depending on the size of the grant you might have to give a, a report halfway through the through the project time and mm-hmm. to say or explain how much have you how much of the projects have you already completed how is it all going and if that's satisfactory you get a portion of the grant paid out as well mm-hmm. and then at the end once you finish the project so you give a final report where you basically build a bridge between what you said you were going to do and what you actually did and provided that that all sort of aligns um and and where it doesn't align that there is acceptable explanations as to why it didn't go exactly according to plan mm-hmm. then uh your your um report will be accepted and or not accepted depending on how your projects went 
Um, but if it's accepted, then you get the rest of the money paid out and you don't have to give it back. It is an investment in the development of the region. Okay, hands up for those who think it's super really hard and confusing process just like i mean you ex you explained it super well thank you so for that but just like to listen it i'm just like yes i mean like this might be really like hard process to go through so is it is it hard in the reality or is it something it only might sound hard but overall it's just not that bad uh it differs okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of different funds available and the bigger the grants you potentially get the more complex the application tends mm -hmm. to get for the easiest ones there's a lot of community grants uh care has one the banks have one uh you have one from Nordorka, which is the uh, you know a, a, a various different companies have community grants basically, that you can apply for. Those applications tend to be super easy. Mm -hmm. And once you... Uh, they, they ask minimum amount of uh, information, you have to explain what you are planning to do and why it's important and how much you need for it to happen. If you have a good sense of what you're trying to achieve, then this is a fairly easy and straightforward process. Okay, that's... I've done these kind of applications in a matter of minutes. Yeah. Um, but again, this is something that when you do it the first time, it might look and feel a bit overwhelming. But once you've done it once or twice, you can uh, you can repeat. And so let's say you're a pro uh, and you know how to help people, of course. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for that. But then there are really, really big ones and complex ones. And those might be um, both Icelandic ones. The, most, uh, the biggest ones are complex and not for the faint-hearted. They take a long time. You need to a lot of supporting documents, etc., but we also have European and international funds that tend to require a lot more information. Oftentimes they require you to have a collaborator in different countries. Um, we have NORA funds, for example, that you have to have collaborators in uh, Greenland, Faroe Islands, etc. So different countries. So uh, it, it is very, very wide range of complexity in terms of grants writing um, and at SSNE we provide free services to assist people in writing and preparing for those type of applications uh, there isn't an official limit to how many hours or how much assistance you, one person can get but we, we quite quickly recognize whether or not we're able to help you um, sufficiently and when and if we don't have either the um, the speciality or the, mm -hmm. the specific uh, knowledge of it, um, or we or it is too far or, or too complex of an application for us to support you, uh, then we do have a fund or a pot of money available to people to uh, request financial uh, financial help with paying for specialized services, because. Uh, we do provide community services to application writing and grants, but uh, when it becomes too complex, we suggest that you seek uh, independent advice from uh, the specialists, and those okay. are those are revenue-driven uh, companies. And for you to be able to afford their services, we we can help you um, pay for at least part of their bill. Okay, that's that's great to hear. Thank and you. this is a new initiative, so okay. and it hasn't been used very much. So I so do people suggest people use it. 
People use it. <laughs> yes. So I Please suggest people yeah. to come and, and ask course. about this. Uh, okay. How we should decide? Okay. I know that there exist like different types of grants for different types of businesses. How should we decide for what type of a grant to go and so on and so on. I know you told me once that the woman has a better opportunities and much more chance to get a grant in Iceland. <laughs> Is oh. it true? Uh, <laughs> to an extent, yes. There are special grants that are earmarked for female entrepreneurs. Um, there have been initiatives for a while now to try and uh, engage women and, and get them uh, to equal footing in uh, not just in terms of grants, but in just in terms of business development and running businesses and running their own businesses. Um, so yes, there are grants that are specifically earmarked for that. Okay. There are also grants that, that specialize in helping out uh, foreigners, for example. So if you want to produce... Um, literature or um, even for this podcast, for example, you could apply for grants because you want to increase the availability of information available in English or other languages to uh, to, to foreigners in yeah, Iceland. To people from abroad, that's yes. true. And that is the reason why I decided to start this podcast, not for money, but to help people. Hopefully I'm going to help some. <laughs> well, what are the key questions when you are gonna uh, when you are deciding and you want to ask for a grant to start to run your own business um so every every fund is very different and uh thankfully uh information is readily available online for all of them or i have, at least i haven't come across a fund that doesn't have online presence where you can get information about what types of grants they provide um for example you a male can't apply for the for the fund that is earmarked for women so they're just not applicable so you need to start by reading through the rules of this fund to recognize whether or not this is applies to you um, if you don't do this you might be applying you might be the wrong person to apply for it or you might be applying in a in, in your personal name but it's only available for companies uh, you might be applying for a good projects, but the cost that you're asking for money for are not applicable. Mm -hmm. They don't qualify for a grant. So you need to read through the qualifications and disqualifications of the grant, of, of the fund, uh, sorry. And that's the first thing. That's, the, that's where you start. Am I applying in the right way? Am I, my, myself or my company, are, are, we, uh, are we allowed to apply for these grants? And the things that I want to do, are they, uh, are, are they acceptable mm -hmm. according to the rules? For example, like uh, people applying for the grants uh, through SSNE, how many applications go through and how many applications are cancelled? Or rejected. Uh, right now, for the last three years, the percentage, the acceptance percentage, is about forty-eight percent. Okay. So it's almost so a half. Uh, you know, one in uh, one in every two gets accepted. What is happening with the rest of the money that stay in the pot? <laughs> no, all of the money uh, is is distributed okay. every year. But uh, because it's a competitive fund, you need to score the highest, of and course. that's another thing that you need to also look for. When you're researching the fund that you're looking to apply for, you need to understand what's their criteria. What do they 
consider the most important part. Mm-hmm. For us in Uppiginga Sjöder, we're focused on business development, culture and environmental um, projects. So if you have a great uh, project but has nothing to do with any of those three, then chances are you're not going to score very high. Some of the community uh, grants out there, for example, uh, various municipalities have community grants, mm-hmm. as do companies, and they might have a specific focus. We just want to support young people or we want to support healthier lifestyle. It doesn't matter if you want a, a, a build a, a, a factory of some sort, if it has nothing to do with young people or healthier lifestyle, then you might not get the grant, even though the idea is good. So you need to really understand what are the objectives of the fund and if they have what we call matsplath or evaluation form that um, explains, uh, like for Epikinga Shodan, you, you can get a range of one to ten points for each of the uh, criteria. And the projects that score the highest, they go at the top of the pile and we look at how much money they want. And then we decide if we're going to fully fund them or partially fund them. And then we go through the list until the pot is finished. Okay, I think you, of course, answered to the question I'm going to ask at some point, but uh, what are the most common mistakes that people do when they are applying for grants? The number one by far is they start too late. Mm -hmm. They get stressed, they run out of time, and uh, when you're stressed, running around, trying to get uh, things finished that should have been finished weeks ago, you make mistakes okay and it doesn't and it shows in the way that you write your text it shows in the way uh, you present your information so start early a lot of those grants have anywhere between two to six weeks um, application process that is so, a, that is a fair time yeah, yeah it's a fair time yeah. so um, also in terms of being able to ask for help because each of those funds generally has someone or or, or number of people that are in charge of uh, taking uh, calls and emails and answering questions and concerns people have. And if you if everyone is calling them in the last three days, it goes without saying that the amount of time that they're going to give you or their response time, is uh, is going to be Im- impacted. Of course. It's so like- start early. Um, some of the other preparations is, uh, like I said, familiarize yourself with the fund uh, rules and their objectives. Uh, make sure that you and the costs you are, uh, are um, asking for uh, are eligible. Uh, check what supporting documents may be required. Mm-hmm. Some of them ask for a business plan. A business plan isn't something that you whip up 10 minutes before the six-week-long application process yes. is finished. I just I just want to mention that we talked uh, more uh, about the business plan and how to create a, a really good and strong business plan in the first episode of the Icelandic Gas Podcast. So if you didn't miss it, just please listen to the first episode and you will just get more information about it. Yeah. So there are a number of different uh, different supporting documents that may or may not be required. So just know what you're being asked to prepare because some of them take time. Um, and then you look at the evaluation form. And uh, I always suggest also looking at the previous allocations of the fund. This isn't required, but it's good for both understanding what types of projects have been, uh, gra- have been uh, receiving grants before. 
but also to see how much money. Sometimes they they say how much uh, each person or each each company got allocated, and that gives you an idea. Is, are you gonna? Is this a? Uh, is, is this two three hundred thousand or is this two three million dollar um, projects that mm-hmm. are being granted? So I would I would always recommend looking at those. Um, other thing, other mistakes that uh, that people make um, is either being too long winded or too brief. Mm-hmm. I know that's <laughs> shitty, yeah. shitty advice, but it's true. You need to try and find the the middle ground where you explain the concept. You're explaining yourself what you want to do and how you uh, intend to achieve it. Um, in a succinct way so that people understand it but don't get bored. Of course. And one of the ways to evaluate that is to then give the application to a friend or a family member or even us at SSNE and ask us to read it through. Do you think this is sufficient? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Because it's also a little bit difficult when your head is so in the game that you've been working with the same text and the concept, you stop recognizing what may it's not just, be said yeah exactly it's just like the same when you only write a text by yourself and you just go through it and you don't see any mistakes and then you just give it to somebody and like in the first five fifth line there's mistake already so th- yeah i it's totally i think understandable what you're trying to what you're trying to say um when it comes to like uh how many, is there any, I don't know, you know, I don't want to compare Icelanders to foreigners or something, but like, uh, is there, is it increasing like the, the, the number of foreign people that are applying for grants to start their own business or what, what, what how do you see it in, in these years? Uh, I don't have any of the hard statistics in front of me, but yes, we are seeing more grant applications coming through from uh, foreigners in the funds that I have insight into Mm -hmm. um they uh we we do accept the applications in english we we do see some of them trying to translate them into icelandic um both ways is fine uh i would if i would always recommend that if your application is quite technical that you try and get an Icelander to write you at least a quick summary of it in Icelandic. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say somebody has this type of application and needs help. As you mentioned before, like you might help with the payment for kind of specialists. Would it work also in this, in this uh, case or, Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. Can do. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not looking for a a whole lot of text. Like you you just want to do a short summary of 200 words maximum. Of course, so yeah. any, if you know anyone local, um, ask them to read this through and provide you with a quick summary in Icelandic. That's fairly easy. Or you might write it yourself, Google Translate it, and then get an Icelander just to Yeah, Google it. Translate can really give us sometimes a really uh, funny times. And, yes. and, and answers, I would say myself, uh, I have to, of course, admit I tried and Googled and translated many, many times. So... Um, Thank you for for that. Uh, when it comes to like, uh, I already asked you like, what are the key recommendations? Is there something else you would like to mention, like uh, you know, regarding the regarding the 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 grants, like in Iceland, to people, just like just like use them, or just like don't be afraid to use them. Uh, 
um, or something like no just ask for help and there are various ways to ask for help um it's and it starts with getting assistance in identifying what type of funds are right for you because you don't want to spend too much time applying for things that are can people find the links for different types of grants somewhere Yes, many places, unfortunately. Okay. There is no one center point for all of them. And the the landscape for it is changing all the time. There are new funds cropping up all the time. Um, the ones that probably keep the best track of every change there is are the people who make money from consulting mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So generally, if you want to get their support, you need to pay them for it. However, there are a number of them that um, provide some lists for free. We we also have it on SSNE.is. Uh, you can have a look at uh, the various different types of funds there are. Mm -hmm. um, there, yes, there's a there's a number of different ways, but it is a myriad of of options available. And again, they 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 go into Icelandic only or inter uh, international. Grants, it goes into different specific uh, sectors. These are the types of grants you can apply for if you're in the food industry versus the versus the travel industry, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So it is, it's a... It's, it's a, a it, lot and a long process. Yes, it's a lot, but ask for ask for help and, and do some research as well. Uh, this, it's amazing how much comes up. Yeah, uh, because we are situated in Akureyri and SSNE helps, uh, I guess, people mostly living from in the northeast Iceland. Uh, if somebody from Reykjavik would, would contact you, because, you know, we might, of course, have a people listening that live in, in Reykjavik. Uh, yeah, you would probably, what, would you be able to help them? Or I'm pretty sure the, the association as SSNE is... Uh, exists also like in all areas of Iceland and we talked about it as well in the first episode so but if you could please like a little bit like uh, repeat them <laughs> sure. and the links will be available as I said it before uh, on the Spotify and Apple description of the podcast so you can always contact these places regarding the place uh, in Iceland where do you live yes no problem. Yeah, so in Northeast Iceland, SSNE is in five different locations. We are in Siglufjordur, we are in uh, Akureyri, Husavik, sorry, Dalvik as well, uh, Ak Akureyri, Husavik and uh, Reyvarhub. Uh, we also have, at the moment, uh, people in Grimsey and Bakkafjordur. If you're outside of the Northeast, there are other associations just like us. And uh, the links can be provided, no problem. Yes. <laughs> uh, there is eight of us, all in all, including the one in the capital area. So for each part of Iceland, there will be a similar type of outfit where they do provide free services. Every, everything is SSNE, basically. Is, the, is it the same? Do yeah. they do they do the same uh, do. same help and and everything? Okay, yes. I think that's great to know for people uh, from the other places and as, as Nordic Iceland uh, listening. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, was it? Um, what are the other things to consider? Like uh, you are like there are like the topics covered today, which we are talking right now, and then you also consider to family familiarizing yourself with. Definitely some things, right? Just like when starting own business and uh, 
Sure. Yeah, we didn't mention it actually in the first episode, <laughs> but uh, we can maybe mention it now in the end, I would say. You know. Sure. Um, there's a number of them. I mean, one of them is basically a short checklist of am I prepared to run my own business? And it just is a bit of a sense check or um, a reality check for you to recognize whether or not you are in the right frame of mind and have the right position to be able to, for example, take the uh, take on the risks and the pressures of running your own business. Yeah. Um, in many cases, people are giving up their day job and need to uh, need, need to rely on this income and need to recognize that there is potentially going to be a, a, quite a while until you can make a living from this. So that's uh, that's one. Um, and then there is a number of other things. You need to look at things like protecting your IP if you're if it's an, a new invention that you have um, that you're registering. Then before you start talking about it too much, you want to make sure that no one else can uh, steal it from you. So you can uh, you can find ways to protect your uh, intellectual property. Um, then uh, there are things like how to choose a name for the company. Uh, there are things to consider. Most most uh, companies now will have to have some sort of online presence. So there is uh, things to consider are how are you going to manage your online presence? Uh, do you, Are you going to build an e-commerce plaf- platform? Are you going to charge people through it? What are the rules and regulations? What are the systems used for that, etc.? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, as as your business grows, there are things like uh, just HR matters, uh, hiring people, uh, you know, uh, payroll requirements, and things like that. When it, uh, yeah, when it comes to like payroll requirements and like taxes for company, I know you are not the tax expert. Like we are gonna, of course, try to have here somebody from particular like tax coffin, like scattering and the tax office, but. Um, yeah, is it is it difficult for companies regarding taxes in Iceland? Just like overall question, you know, like once you start your own business and we are foreigners and our tax system works so differently in every country. It's not only, of course, my country, but for everybody else. I know that even Icelanders sometimes don't understand the Icelandic taxes. <laughs> That's kind of a joke that is running through. But is it difficult? Like uh, if somebody has a problem, let's say, regarding taxes, where like should they just contact primarily the tax office or is it something they also can maybe contact you in the future or you know just to just to know like we don't specifically give out tax advice uh it's not an area of expertise we would generally uh, point them towards the tax office uh which from both experience as well as just you know in general their services uh required uh are very helpful um it is uh, they 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 do want and strive to help you i've uh, that's my personal experience as well and um that's you know that's what's available to you for free but then of course your accountants your bookkeepers uh they tend to be very well versed if you struggle to understand or know how to do your personal taxes chances are you're going to struggle with the business taxes in which case i would just either pay someone to do it or invest some time in um, learning in learning it yeah. yeah okay uh thank you 
for now, I don't think I have any more questions maybe regarding like finances and how to like, yeah, how to start your own business and how to find the finances and the grants for your own business. I really hope that uh, this um, episode, same as the first one with Rebecca Kristin Gardadotir from the Association of Municipalities uh, in North Iceland called SSNE. Uh, just uh, brought you uh, all listeners some new information and maybe help you at some point uh, if you are still struggling or thinking about how to start your own business in Iceland and uh, I would just say if you have a great idea I think it's just going to be uh, perfect and just don't worry to do it that's kind of my recommendation of course it can take a time as Rebecca mentioned um, but uh, yeah it's not that it's not that uh, fast here maybe as in in abroad but still it's just i think it's worth it isn't it rebecca i think so well, would, you, would you say something it's in yeah the end? <laughs> i think i think uh starting your own business comes with uh lots of guts and uh a fair bit of planning yeah i'm a person that really would like to start their own business but i still don't have the guts for it at least I think so. Like my, it might it might come once since I'm getting older, but uh, for now it's still not there. So <laughs> I'm still playing um, on my safe safe space usually. Thank you once again, Rebecca, for coming for uh, the Icelandings cast uh, uh, and to talk a little bit about it. It was super nice to have you here and the pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, yeah, we probably is gonna see each other in the in the future life. <laughs> and uh, if you would have, my dear listeners, any questions regarding this, please. Don't hesitate to contact Rebecca. Where? Is there any place to contact you? Can they sure. just write on ssne.is? Or they can. Is? Okay. Uh, either send a general email to ssne at ssne.is or r-e-b-e-k-k-a at ssne.is. Okay. And if you're situated just out of Akureyri and Nordic Iceland, the links are going to be available for you so you can contact the other associations all over the Iceland regarding the place where you live at. So thank you once again. And the last time, I think I already said it three times, but I think it's never enough to say thank you. And yeah, have a great, great day, everyone. This was Sara and Rebecca. <laughs>